Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cinema de More. I'm your host, Chuck, joined by... Justin. And we're continuing talking about demonic slash possession films with The Wailing from 2016, which is a possession film, a demon film. It's in every horror film you could think of. It's got everything. I feel like Stefan, if I were to describe this film, it's got everything. Shamans, devils, ghost women. Possessed children, chickens. infections. Puking Locus, blood. Family. <laughs> family. <laughs> All right, Dom. Yeah, we should add Vin Diesel just saying family. <laughs> this movie does have everything in it. I thought it was a good movie to choose if we were going to talk about demonic and possession type films. It just packs everything into. It's got a lengthy runtime, but I think it uses it wisely and just putting a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, it's sharp. I mean, it uses its runtime well. It uses every moment well. I'd love to know what universe it takes place in because it feels like another universe where none of these people have seen a zombie movie at all. The very first victim slash killer that you see looks, by definition to me, a zombie. Pure white eyes, boils and shit all over themselves. And they're just like, he doesn't look well. He looks like a fucking zombie. He looks a little sick. Or they have some moments that make me think of Shaun of the Dead. I don't know why he's attacking me. Yeah. He looks like I think that. He just drank a bit too much last night. Just looks a little hungover. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think that's a hangover. <laughs> this is a small village in South Korea that just starts to have every bad thing that you could imagine happening, happening in this little village. I don't want this to be taken as, as what I'm saying. This is what everyone in the film says after the Jap gets there. <laughs> I have to make that very clear that that is how it is said in the movie for pretty much the entire runtime. Yeah. It's contemporary, but do you know what time this takes place in? You know if this is the early 2000s or something, or is it supposed to be like slab dab 2016? I mean, I'm taking it that it was just modern time for when the film was made, 2016. I can tell you that the cars in the movie are 2016s. Yeah, I couldn't That I can tell you. So there is that. The cop cars, they were 2016. I feel like you get this in a lot of Asian cinema. There are areas in Japan and South Korea and places that are super extremely advanced. Like if you're in the, the city centers like Seoul and Tokyo, but you drive a little bit out and it's just these little villages and huts that it becomes really hard to tell. Like for all you know, like these buildings haven't been updated for 50, 60 years. Well, I also don't remember seeing televisions, unless I, I'm yeah, wrong. I don't think a lot of people had. It was, like, maybe like an old one style. Two people might have. Like, it had that old-style village. The girls' room was separated from the actual, like, they had their own little, like, houses kind of thing. So it was one of those kind of houses where it was, like, each piece of the house was separated from each other kind of thing. So it was, like, that really old-school village. So you guys are from, like, a small-townish type area. But, you know, like, those areas of town where, like people just don't upgrade their tvs that they live in the same area forever and i don't think i saw a television but i could be wrong but you get what i'm saying like there are people like that yeah the phones i think probably all flip phones like i didn't really remember seeing a phone weren't they using phones for pictures that's another weird thing of i don't know why they love non-smartphones in japan and i think most of asia it's probably come further now but that was something I can remember reading an article about Apple was having a hard time growing their business and 
Someone brought up in general that in Japan they don't like smartphones. I don't think they ever really gave a reason. It was just they're so used to flip phones over there. They don't view phones as being something to just play with like a toy, which is I feel is, is how most Americans treat a phone, which is just a toy to play videos and stuff on. They view phones as... It's a fashion accessory. They view phones as like, oh, this is just what I use to call people on. Like if I want to watch videos or do something, I'll get on my actual computer or something when I get home. So they just don't have that desire to want smartphones. Yeah. Maybe South Korea or, like, farther out. Because when I was in Tokyo, everyone pretty much had an iPhone, and everybody was playing games on it. That is all they did. I think it's probably probably come further since then. And, yeah, I have a feeling it's probably more in, like, city centers that people are more technologically connected in the first place. The flip phone stuff is a fashion thing. It's really popular with, um, like, young kids and stuff. Boomers, too. Well, I mean, what you're talking about is a generational thing of not wanting to upgrade technology, but there's, like, a huge boom with Gen Z and stuff like that where they're all into the flip phones. And then this is a weird thing that I'd never heard about until recently, but apparently transgender people use flip phones. How did you just find this out? When Rachel went to Portland, it was a whole thing in Portland. They don't do it around here. Like, bigger cities, like, trendier cities, it's a whole thing. Oh, that's just because Portland's full of hipsters. That might just be a Portland thing, yeah. It's just a weird Portland thing. I said it could be a Portland <laughs> thing. Like I was like, I, I was totally sure about that. I think of like Portlandia with like you know everyone with like fixed yeah. gear bikes and right. stuff like that because they're all just hey, weird. fixed gear bikes are fucking awesome. I love that shit. <laughs> Did she fax you that information, dude? Premium Rush. Mm. I can't wait to talk about that movie one day. I love the main character because he was probably the most incompetent person for his job that I've ever seen in a movie. There weren't a lot of police officers, but he was easily the least competent. His boss was just like, I can't fire you even though you are lazy and you lie and you're being shit basically and then when he has to deal with any sort of crime he's not really good at detective work and he's not really good at handling murder ties back into the small town we don't have anybody else so that's the best that we can do a lot of the korean content that we are given typically what you and i typically watch and what we're usually given in america and stuff we're used to things like Squid Games and like even Train to Busan or Parasite and stuff like that. And a lot of those are those social commentary kind of films where they're having those discussions about poverty and kind of things like that. It's been a long time since I watched a Korean film where the film felt like it was made for a general Korean audience. So when you talk about the main character in this, he feels like an everyman. This movie feels like it was made for like a, a wider general audience. The male character in it feels like he's much more broad and relatable to everybody. He's a bit bumbly. He's a bit, you know, simpler. He's got some humble qualities. He's lovable. He's given off Kevin James vibes. He has a lot of small town issues. Yeah. There's this whole quality about him that gives you more of an everyman story that allows a larger, broader audience to follow it. I think, too, with the discussion about the Japanese side of it, that's definitely going back to their culture of they do not like the Japanese too much. And this movie does have a very hard bias towards Japanese people, and it does have a strong hatred towards them i did notice there was a bit of a leaning that way in this movie there's a bit of a bias obviously it kind of fits the small town feel though i don't know if that's the message of the film i don't see you're not wrong if that was what the film was trying to do but i don't think that's what the film was trying to do 
this feels like in America when you're making a movie and you're just kind of like using a generalized story about like racism or something like that and then you tell it and people will watch it and it's meant to reach a broader audience and there are people watching it going well it's not exactly like that right i took it more as making the outsider a real outsider a foreigner they had a lot of mistrust and i actually thought it was going the direction of misdirection i thought that he was going to be a pretty trustworthy person well the story is about a Japanese person who comes in and infects the Korean village. He's a Japanese devil who infected all of the Koreans. Way to jump to the two hour and 30 minute mark of a movie. That's literally what the story is. It's not even tongue in cheek. It's like very blunt and kind of obvious, like what they're getting at with it. So I was like, oh, okay. It's all very well done. I'm not insulting the movie. It's very blunt. I wonder if the Jap thing is racist. Is it racist there, too? A racist as fuck. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm sure the Korean translation was fine. I noticed the Japanese translation was not very good. There was a moment where the character says, Samimasen. It can mean excuse me, which is what subtitles said. It usually means I'm sorry. So when they have that moment where they go into the stranger's house and they find the ritualistic stuff with all the pictures and everything like that, and he shows up, they show the guy and he says, excuse me. And I'm like, I don't think they used the right translation for that. I think it should have said, I'm sorry. I'm sure the filmmakers are fine, but whoever did the translation must have not have been good at Japanese. They must have just been South Koreans. Like, can you please quit putting Japanese in these movies? I don't know the Japanese. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, my Japanese is not fluent. I only know certain phrases. I Googled it. He said, excuse me. I don't know what it means, but that's what we're going to go yeah, with. Plug everything into Google Translate. This movie actually kind of starts funny. It hits a point where it's not funny anymore, but I like the introduction to the woman who I'm just going to call the ghost, I guess. I don't, I don't know. The mysterious woman that keeps showing up. She never has a name. The whole rock thing. The guy's like, what's her deal? It's like, I don't know. She's just been throwing rocks the whole time. And they ignore it. And then there's a cut, a jump in time, and there's so many rocks around the guy. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's just sitting there while she's throwing rocks forever and ever. Yeah, the movie starts out very funny. does not end funny at all. There's a guy that falls down a hill and witnesses the devil he gets hurt real bad and then later he goes to the police and the police take him into the woods for him to show them where this guy lives he sees all these dead animals and stuff and he's having ptsd trauma or something and he's like i'm out of here so they wrestle him a little bit and he trips again and he falls down a hill again and he hurts himself and then not only does he hurt himself as he's walking away he gets struck by lightning it happens so fast that you're, they're like are you okay and he's just stumbling and crawling away is this supposed to be scary it's pretty funny up until a point yeah that guy in general has good moments where he's like the guy had a diaper and he's like a grown man with a diaper and that other guy's like incontinence in adults is very common actually <laughs> like they just start arguing about it yeah then when he like tries to show him he's like look at this and he opens his fridge and there's nothing in it they're like yeah that's how bad business is like Lexi was saying, he's a good everyman. That's almost what it's meant to be, is that this is such a small village that there doesn't seem to be a lot of cops to choose from. So it's kind of, even though he's not that good at his job, he shows up late all the time. You know, he always has like an excuse of, oh, my mom was sick. I couldn't come in today or something like that. And 
the cop knows is like, oh, quit making up stories. But it's like, oh, I can't get rid of you because nobody else wants to volunteer. That's what we were saying. The sergeant can't get rid of him. They need him. Uh, yeah. He's stuck with him. He's subtle because he's what you got. I do like when they show up that really gruesome scene where the woman torched the house and killed her family. And when the guy shows up, the sergeant's again like, God damn it. What's your excuse now? And he says, like, my daughter's sick. Or I don't know. Maybe his daughter didn't happen at that point. I'm... I think that time it was like the mother-in-law and then later yeah. the daughter. And he's like, oh, now blame the daughter. Okay. This movie's got everything. His daughter catches him having sex with his wife. And instead of talking to her about it, he goes and buys her, like, buys her a lot of toys, a barrette, an ocarina. <laughs> she plays her ocarina. And I think that's when they see the Japanese man for the first time, the stranger, because he's fishing. He's fishing at the beginning of the movie, too. He's the first thing we see in the movie, but yeah, he's everywhere. He's, he's constantly just kind of there. He's metaphorically fishing for victims. This movie also ties into Rosemary's Baby a lot, where pretty much everything it tells you is the truth right from the start. Any information you're given is pretty accurate when you're given that information. You just don't know how to feel about it. Some other movie that we covered on this show that I felt this movie had a lot of play from was The Beyond. I thought that it had a lot of that Italian horror element to it, especially with the type of zombies that it had, where it was like very much like the same kind of zombie as the zombie from The Beyond. I can see that a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I thought this was an interesting one where it felt like it was like somebody was like, I'm going to take the Beyond and like, and the Exorcist and like combine them together and then like throw in some like elements of like J-horror and then make it Korean. <laughs> the absolute best character in this is the shaman. He was hysterical. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That feel like is when the, when the movie like very much changes tone and like and that's that's close to like the halfway point when the shaman shows up like they keep bringing him up the the mother-in-law is like i talked to the old lady next door and she recommended we get a shaman and when he shows up like he's driving like the a kind of a nice car down the down the mountainside he has like the the ponytail in the back and i'm like oh guy's a pro he's hilarious when he does his virtual absolutely hilarious and i do like when the main character starts getting phone calls from him and it's in his phone as shaman apparently. yeah, yeah. And he just shaman. won't answer the phone <laughs> oh there you go it was a smartphone because it was saying shaman there's my phone yeah yeah am i the only one that thought the shaman might explode when they were doing the ritual and the other guy the demon was doing the ritual back at him the dueling rituals i was like this guy's gonna blow up like he's gonna like probably like explode or so like because i was waiting for some like gruesome like horrible like death for the shaman like to just like burst or something like i just saw it just being like the way this movie was going i was like i saw nothing but like the most explosive death for this guy with like how everything was like the two magics going against each other and just like boom and i was like yeah that's what i want to see and it never went that way and i was like huh that whole scene's amazing. I just want, yeah, the dueling rituals going back and forth, of cutting back and forth between those two, and, like, the different versions. Like, he has he has white goats and white chickens, and he's dressed in white, and then it goes back to the Japanese guy, and he's got black goat's heads and black chickens all hanging. That scene, too, beforehand, where the Japanese man goes into the village to buy his chickens. He's on the bus with his chickens, yeah, yeah. and everyone's just probably being racist towards him like oh this staring at him like a foreigner with his yeah, chickens japanese guy brings his chickens on and then like the the shaman's ritual he's like running around and dancing and he's got this whole like band going and, and the the japanese guy's by himself with one drum and he's just slowly like bang 
bang. I was like, this is great. It's like, I like, I was just by himself, just slowly beating a drum. He's got the full-on musical production. He's slapping knives together in that child's face, hitting her in the face with like a flag or something. He just kept smacking her in the head. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. He's like, just yeah, he's just like being irritating, and she's like screaming. That kid actor's great too, with like all her scenes, especially when she's like first possessed, and it's like really weird with like her and the dad, and she's just like she's like swearing at him, and then when he sneaks into her room in the middle of the night to like try to look through her stuff, the creepy notebook, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he finds, like, the weird evidence that's, like, I'll kill everybody, and <laughs> weird drawings, and then, like, then he's, then he's trying to search for the rash that has been found on, like, all the victims of this curse so far. Everyone seems to have, like, this rash that before they turn into full-on zombies or something like that, and then the girl's like, oh, playing with your little little girl, are you? And it's like, oh, what a weirdo, and it's like, it's so, it's so weird. That, yeah, then she's full-on, like, I'll kill all of you. I'll just kill all of you. Maybe tomorrow we'll get a shaman. Can I just say, every time somebody gets possessed by a demon and they start doing, like, the demon art... Hold on one second, though. You didn't get the shaman, though, until she was eating fish. And the mother-in-law's like, she hates fish. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah shaman. Fish. <laughs> This isn't yeah. normal at all. Why is it whenever demons do art, the art that they do is, like, so, like, good, though? Like, I know it's supposed to be, like, all whatever, but, like, the, like, the burns on it, I'm like, oh, those burns were, like, so strategically placed. Like, they're so, like, in the right spot. Like, they weren't just, like, random burns. They're like, oh, those burns are so, like, well-placed. And, like, I was like, come on. That's, like, a very well-done art piece. And, like, that's not just, like, some random sketchings in an art book. The devil was into like, art. He was into like, photography. The, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, he loved photography. He loved stealing souls. He was very old Satan, fashioned. That Satan way. does all his photography with a Minolta, I noticed, which is the same camera that I used to do all my film photography. So, I guess if you he's a high art guy. I guess if you want to steal souls, you use a Minolta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're hard jumping around. Well, I'm jumping around. The scene where the deacon finds him in the cave. He's like, reveal yourself. Uh, you really are going right to the end. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, the reveal yourself thing, because he was having an, a ritual of some sort in that cave. And when they cut to him and he's the demon, he's like raising the camera to his face. And I just, again, found it kind of humorous that he just was digging technology or something with his photography of taking souls and shit like that. The movie does play around with it a good bit because, again, it was misdirection the entire movie. I literally thought he was going to be an innocent man that got killed by all these people. They do have the angry mob scene where they show up and then they're faced with another possessed zombie person. Uh, and again, it's very Shaun of the Dead-esque where they're like, hit him in the head with a rake. It doesn't like affect him at all. I thought it was obvious that it was him. And then they tried to pull a How? twist. I didn't they think tried it was to pull, like, a twist at that the it was end, him. And then they're like, oh, but is it him? And then it's like, oh, of course it was him. It's like, I knew it was him. It's like, you, your twist didn't work. It was like, it was too obvious that it was him. Because like, you just, like, were way too hard into, like, being mad at Japanese people in this movie. I never thought that it was too obvious that it was him. The one thing that made me feel like he might be protecting them. Yeah, you said the duality, the dueling scene of uh, rituals, and he's all doned in black. They were so heavy on him being the bad guy, I really thought he wasn't. I thought he was protecting that little girl. When they do the scene, too, and he starts hammering in the ales, and they start injuring that guy and he seems to pretty much be dead until the protagonist comes out and he stops the shaman from continuing his ritual then the guy like <gasps> comes back to life 
I thought the shaman was bad for sure. He brought the ghost girl. I thought it was going to be the ghost girl. He brought her up. Like, he went to the truck and saw her body in the truck and, like, brought her back up. So, like, he's responsible for that. What, what do you mean? The ghost girl's dead in the truck. Remember that scene when they're in the woods and there's that... No, that's not her. That's not truck. her? Yeah, that's a guy. I thought, well, why is... Well, that's the guy that turns into the zombie. Because he's got the jacket, the same jacket as the girl. She wears the items of all the dead victims. Oh, okay. Because she's a ghost. Gotcha. Because she has the little girl's barrette. She has the other girl's, like, shawl on. The moment I thought that she was good was literally when he met up with her at the end. It was that test of, you have to trust me. You can't go home or they're all going to die. Because the deacon finds the Japanese man, who I thought was dead at that point. Well, they hit him with the car, and then I know what you did last summer. They just threw him over the guardrail. Yeah, she's there, too. She's, like, checking him out, watching him and shit like that. I think she's the one that pushed him off the the cliff onto their car. I thought he was dead, and I thought that she was going to be who they found out to be evil. But then when they had that test at the last moment, I was like, oh, shit, she's the good one. It made me think of Lost a little bit, where it had the man in black and Jacob, who's supposed to be the good person, and they're like, we can't intervene. We just got to see how this plays out. That's how me and you fight. We fight through if we can convince people of something or not. There's small clues, I guess, everywhere that you can see that, that yeah, that the shaman's actually a bad guy because the like the woman that burns the house down and then the, the ghost girl like shows him around and she mentions, like, oh, yeah, they, they had a shaman here before before this happened or something so i guess maybe implied that that was definitely the same shaman that was there before that woman burned the house down and everyone got killed there that he's always showing up right before but he doesn't seem to make that connection and then they have the the way they do play it at the very end where it does feel like the ghost girl is the is going to be the bad person like when he when the shaman shows up and he starts like puking blood and just bleeding from the nose it's just going everywhere, and she, like, tells him to leave, and, and then a crow flies into his house dead, and then he packs up all his stuff and tries to drive to Seoul, and then I, he gets, a, he gets like, attacked by locusts or something like that, which I take to be the, probably the, the old man devil is, like, making him come back. Yeah. Like, being like, oh, you can't, you can't abandon me here, you have to, you have to come back, we have to finish this, like, you can't. You can't just try to run away on me because I feel like the shaman at the end of the day is a coward and he's very easily pushed away at, at the slightest uh, indication that he might die himself. He tries to get out of there. Right, and he probably sold his soul to know what he knows and be able to pull that scam and make money off the situation too. He seems to be pretty rich from the situation. Yeah, because he charges everyone $10,000 every time they uh, they want you know his ritual. Right. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's probably worth it if your kid's possessed, though, and they can get rid of it. He did feel con man-esque I was gonna say, I thought to he was a con when man he at one point. found the soy sauce, and he busted it yeah, open, and there's like a dead crow exactly in there. exactly which one it was already. I didn't trust him from the beginning. I trusted him less than I trusted the ghost girl and the Japanese guy. I was like, <laughs> this guy's bad. Everyone's reaction at first, oh, that was a year's worth of soy sauce. He reminded me of the, <laughs> the yeah. psychic characters they like to put in anime. You know what I'm talking about? Or Poltergeist? No, like, you know, like, whenever, like, you're watching... That lady really knew what she was doing in Poltergeist. Oh, she's great. Caroline. <laughs> throw her under the bus. No, I'm talking about the ones that are always, like, in anime that always throw those little papers around and shit. They always seem like they know what they're doing, and then they get involved in whatever they're doing on the anime and they end up being shysters. 
like a pretty typical character in most of like Japanese stuff. Yeah, or like the new Haunted Mansion has the character. I, was say, that I is... just watched. I just watched yeah. it the other day. It has, yeah, it has. It has everyone being fake. Yeah, the fake psychic that's getting pulled into the situation, which usually has to deal with some real shit. That's a character arc that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're watching Haunted Mansion. Chuck. Yeah, I'm glad we're we're keeping up on the same. We're watching the same stuff here. <laughs> I'll get your. I'll know your references once you get to the end. Like you almost start to look at the the scenes of the the shaman's ritual and the other guy's ritual differently because I have a feeling the shaman's ritual was just entirely fake. Like he was obviously, I don't think ever actually trying to kill the old man. And I think the old man was probably actually the one that was like harming the girl, or the shaman was actually harming the girl the whole time too, and it was just meant to fake it out. And I think when because the the ghost lady is there with the old man when he's like being attacked, so I think it might have been like her powers like actually hurting him because we see her like stalking him at that point. She's up in the in the mountains with him when that happens but it makes you think that it's oh it was the shaman's ritual but i mean even the shaman too that guy's a ghost well he's alive and he's like but he's also a ghost maybe i don't understand what a ghost yeah. is they do use like ghost and demon interchangeably sometimes in this movie well i felt like the girl was a legit ghost because she does disappear i think she yeah she's a ghost and he points out at the end i am flesh and blood i am real I also like that they took the deacon guy, not because they thought it was going to be something religious, just because he was a guy that spoke Japanese. Just because he can speak some Japanese, yeah. Yeah, they just needed a translator, which then I, yeah, then I love when he's he's screaming and swearing, and he's like, translate all that, and the guy's like, he like only translates some of it, and he's just like, you tell him I'll fucking kill him right now, and I'll, I'll fuck him up, and then the guy's like, he says be honest. <laughs> yeah. He says tell the truth, like he just, he, he won't, he's... He doesn't want to, like, translate everything he's saying. That dog, too. There's two scenes where the dog basically gets loose on them. Yeah. When he killed that guy's dog, that's where I felt he was like, an innocent guy. I'm like, he just killed an innocent guy's dog. That's how I yeah. felt. That is what the ghost says uh, when he asks, like, why why his daughter? And the ghost says it's because, of, because her father accused an innocent man or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. basically saying that, like, he accused him even though he really didn't have proof to accuse him. All he had was, like, very circumstantial, saw a couple things and was like, oh, he must be definitely the bad guy. But he accused him and killed his dog even though he really didn't have solid proof. But he does point out that the that the girl was possessed before they went and did all that. So it's it's still te technically like a lie. Like he he was already possessing the girl before before they went up there. The movie adds a little bit of depth because it feels like the ghost and the stranger have a history with each other, and they also have a set of roles. Apparently, I can tell you. Do you, do you want to know? Yeah. There is a deleted ending. Oh. That was, like, cut. Or I, don't, I don't know why for sure why it was cut. I didn't see, like, a reason why. But Is it different or is it extra? It's extra, so it's all the same stuff. But the movie ends with, like, the extra scene was the old man sitting on the side of a road. And there's, like, a family with their kids. And he's, like, offering one of the kids, like, candy and is, like, trying to get the kid to come over to him. But the mother, like, picks up the kid and, like, takes him away from the old man before the kid can get over there. While the old man's sitting there, the uh, shaman drives up in his car and, like, he gets in the car and they drive away, basically showing they're going to keep doing this somewhere else. They're just going to move on to the next place. And as they drive off, the ghost girl's, like, standing at the at the side of the road where he was, like, watching them. So, like, she's going to follow them to wherever the next place is they go. So, yeah, it seems like it is supposed to be this, like you're saying, kind of a lost type. This will just keep happening. The, the demon can't die and she doesn't seem to 
necessarily have a way to stop him. It seems like her only thing is she tries to minimize the damage he can do in any area and try to, like, get him driven out before he can commit too many crimes. Every time he kills somebody or takes the picture, he's capturing a part of their soul. At the end, the protagonist waited for his third rooster call. His family would be safe, and I feel like the Japanese man would have been weaker. So I think that's the only way to kind of kill him off is to just... You have to have these people that make the right decisions. You know, again, when they're having some sort of age-long competition with each other, they have their roles. I don't know why they made up the roles, but they have certain roles that they can't break. You gotta follow the rules. I do like, too, whenever they're at the police station and the power goes out and there's that woman who's naked for a second. You see that woman that was there? There was just a woman that was there. And then later when they see her again and she's got uh, all the soot and shit on her, I remember her. She's that naked woman that we saw for one second. <laughs> How the fuck did you remember that woman? You only did see her for a second in the dark, totally in different circumstances. Like, I would have never recognized that that was the same person. Hey, he never forgets a naked woman he's seen. Yeah, well, he apparently memorized her face and everything. <laughs> I thought this movie was captivating from beginning to end. It was like a piece of a puzzle. You were always getting new pieces as you continuously went along. And it had a lot of fun with my expectations even if it was a 50 50 shot of who was the bad guy the big climax is really not who's the bad guy it's what decision is the main character going to make is he going to be able to save his family which if you remember too the shaman goes in and apparently also takes pictures so i guess he can capture their souls in some aspect too for the devil they collect yeah he collects the collects the photos for him even though he said earlier he burned them. And yeah, I feel like that is something that it plays upon. Of Not necessarily it's even like supposed to be like a like a commentary on anything, but like I don't think the demon itself is specifically Japanese, but I think it just takes the form of a Japanese man because he knows that'll be like what will cause... Because he just seems to want to cause chaos. And and yeah, like you said, like like maybe he steals their souls by taking their, their pictures, but I don't even think it's necessarily like the act of killing these people because it, it, the, the way that people kill and get killed in this movie seems so varied that it doesn't even matter like he just wants to go to these places and cause everyone some sort of distress or crisis and it's like he chooses to be the japanese guy because he knows like right off the bat that automatically puts people somewhat against him before he even has to do anything they're they're just they he knows they'll automatically be prejudiced against right. him because he is and, and even brings that up when the deacon goes there at the end and when he gets out of the car he has the he takes that sickle with him and he like the guy, he says, like, oh, I'll I'll let you prove to me, and then I'll make the judgment. And the guy's like, well, clearly you've already judged that I'm a bad person because you came here with a sickle. Like you, mm-hmm. you obviously came here with the intention of killing me. You made your decision before you even walked in the cave. So yeah, again, that like feeds back into, you know, almost like I think yeah, he wants the. It's almost like a little bit of seven. Like he wants the people to to like he feeds off of their hate as well. So, like, by having them... Needful things, a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, needful things, a little bit like that. Like, like that's another part of how he gets his powers. Like, he can't just, like, take the souls of regular people. Like, they have to be in some sort of extreme distress or, you know, be full of hatred or something like that. And it just makes makes the souls better for him to take. I thought maybe the introduction of the priests, like, the Christian-based priests, even though they were speaking Japanese... And the fact that they were going towards, like, a demon devil, the way that they were doing it, I thought maybe, like, the shaman was going to come in, he was going to shaman, and they were going to be, like, 
this doesn't work because you need to do like a Christian based ritual to stop this demon like it was going to have to go to like some straight up exorcist kind of shit and so I thought like the shaman was going to fail and then they were going to have to go to the church and get like a straight up like you know Catholic exorcism to really properly take the demon down like I thought maybe that's where it was going because that's why they kept going back to like the priests because it does like um, kind of religion jump like where it's like well we gotta deal with this evil like let's just go find like an, a, a religious figure who can get rid of the, the demon like they didn't care they weren't like particular I don't think it had a particular religion because there's a line no, at the it, end it, it didn't but I thought when I was watching it I thought that that's maybe what they were going with but it, it, it ended up not doing that but like that's what I was like leaning towards when I was watching it because I was like well I do want to bring up that phrase though He's like, you're the devil. And he's like, I'm the devil. Yep, you called it. That's what I am. I kind of took it as whatever your version of evil is, he would have been like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. He repeats the same phrase that opens the movie, which is from the, the Christian Bible, which is the, you know, about what Jesus says when he comes out of the tomb. And he, he says, like, the same words of, you know, they're like, oh, you think I'm a ghost, but does a ghost have flesh and blood? And even when you look at mm-hmm. when the when the priest or the deacon looks at his hands, like, he has the holes in his hands. So, it feel, yeah, it felt, like, very much like he was, like like you were saying, like, he's just supposed to be whatever your version of, of that is. The same way as, like I said, I think he can change into whatever he wants. He just chooses to be the Japanese guy for this particular place because he knows that'll get it and this is like a story that could take place in any place like i think he's a he's a devil or a demon that you know you could set the story in a completely different country in like europe or something and make it just like where you know people in people in the uk don't like french people or something like that so he'd be a french guy because they'd be like oh that sneaky french guy like we don't trust him or something like that like he he can go anywhere he wants and change his appearance to whatever he wants for whatever suits his purpose yeah or it's part of the game he has to be a foreigner no matter where he's at whatever dumb roles that they have or it could be straight up, I am <laughs> from Japan and I am demon. But yeah, you're you're right. If it was in America, he would end up being a Muslim or somebody that crossed the border or something. He'd be like a yeah, like someone Middle Eastern or something. Yeah, like someone that just is automatically people would be suspicious of and have a problem with. It's funny too because Japanese people are so elitist with that stuff. They're very racist themselves. Like as a culture, they don't like outside cultures coming into their own culture either oh we know we saw tokyo drift (laughs) yeah yep gaijin i mean i think it depends on where you're at they also have a history between the two they occupied korea right even though it was a long time ago there's that generational racism is is it's just going to carry through generations which i think happens in small towns i was thinking about it today and i was like you know japan used to be fucking awful like genuinely like they were terrible people like the germans were terrible people the japanese were terrible people i mean they fought together in world war ii i mean they're also dictatorships a lot of those people didn't even want to fight in a war so it's kind of what's happening in russia right now there's a lot of citizens in russia that don't agree with the war on ukraine and they're just kind of powerless when you you look at where we are as a like america as a culture right now and our love relationship with japan and like we're like oh you know vending machines and you know 
anime and like you know harajuku girls and all this kind of shit and it's like you know we committed a horrible atrocity to them and it was terrible but like we committed that atrocity because they committed an atrocity on us what we did to them doesn't equate what they did to us but let's not pretend that they didn't start some shit too like it's like not justifying any of like what was done i'm just like they they used to i mean the shit they did during world war Two to the chinese and some of those camps and some of that shit was fucking horrendous the was it uh, camp 2732 or whatever where they were doing the, the scientists and shit that were like doing the freezing experiments and all that fucking stuff it's just horrendous i watch a lot of stuff on that stuff i find it really interesting then why are you asking but us like i'm just <laughs> you're like is it operation 2730 oh i don't, I don't know no, I didn't. I didn't ask you. I said it's it is seven. Two, seven was it uh, camp two seven thirty two or whatever where they were seven thirty two? I think what the camp was called or something. Like that. But it's got a different name. It's like a secret name. But yeah, they went over to the Chinese and did terrible things to the Chinese. They did terrible things to the Koreans. They did terrible things to most Asian cultures throughout history. Like they were pretty ruthless and brutal. I mean, even Korea, they split yeah south korea has learned to work with them and accept them a bit better but north korea hasn't like north korea is still ready to bomb them any day like they still hold that bitter resentment towards them well north korea doesn't work with really anybody other than the chinese dennis rodman (laughs) yeah dennis rodman right but like i mean but like when i talk about like that that cultural resentment like that, that the koreans hold like talk about like the old school like they haven't let go of like they still very much this day hold on to like exactly what the japanese did to them like up to that point so i almost don't think that there's a country that's not racist right exactly i'm not saying it's a good thing towards somebody look into europe look at uk france all of them it's like the song everyone's a little bit racist sometimes (laughs) it doesn't make it okay just you know it happens yeah i don't think that it makes it okay generational racism is a real thing that plus the fact that they're in a small town but if you remember when the dad starts talking to the little girl if he's met up with that japanese guy and she says that she has she has no problem with him the father's reaction at least maybe because i'm american it's a weird reaction that he doesn't think the guy's a pedophile or something he doesn't say anything racist about that guy either like you got to stay away from whatever racist terms he's going to drop about japanese people he doesn't do that at all he's just sort of like i want to know more information about this i want you to tell me how this happened and she you know storms off screams at him and storms off like a family standpoint they didn't seem racist to me i i certainly would want to know about the random man that my daughter's talking to who i don't know anything about period Especially if I'm a police officer. That, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, he didn't get farther into right. it. Right. Gotta chase her down and be like, I'm sorry. You gotta tell me what's going on. And for some, like, culturally or something, there's some reason the why The bad character is the only character in the movie who I don't feel like is, like, caring that this guy is Japanese. I feel like everybody around him is the one that's being racist and offensive about the fact that this guy's Japanese. But he feels like okay. he should because, like, it's a cultural thing. So he's like, I guess, sure. Like, I don't know. The most racist thing is they call him the Jap. Yeah, that's really fucking offensive. What do they say beyond that that's racist? I mean, you get the chicken scene where people are looking at him, or you get people that are like, maybe you should check out that Japanese guy. They segregate him from their village. They don't want him around. They 
don't want him to be involved in any of their stuff. I didn't. Nobody ever said that. I think he lives out there on purpose. Well, yeah. I think he he knows because of what he's doing. <laughs> he has like dead animals all around his place that he's that he's eating. He needs a place where he can eat animals and behead yeah. animals. And... I don't think any. No one ever said that he li- that they forced him out there. Like he 100 percent is living out there on purpose. I just took that term as a culturally racist thing that they don't really pick up on as racist. Actually, the term Jap wasn't even racist until after Pearl Harbor. It wasn't until they started having the camps here where they were bringing them all in. That's where the term started to be take a turn. Doesn't justify. <laughs> what? It doesn't justify it. Uh, what do you mean? I'm not saying it justifies it. That is not what I'm saying at all. I didn't know if it translated well, if it was a racist term or not, for the Koreans to call them that. Or the translation became Jap, but I didn't know if that was a derogatory remark or not, because I'm not from South Korea. I didn't justify any racism. I don't know what you're talking about. And if you're telling a story, you have to use things to your advantage. And I think the racism aspect added to the character to make it, is he going to be a good guy or is he not going to be a good guy? Come on, you're a white guy, Justin. You always justify racism. Uh, You're more racist than I am. How? (laughs) You're like, they shunned that guy out of that. We're like, no, that's just all in your head, Lexi. That's just what you wanted to happen. Oh, okay. I'm just creating my own racisms. I mean, it happens all the time. Think of, like, the Green Mile. You have John Coffey, and everybody's racist towards him, cruel towards him, and he's a good guy. It could have yeah. went that way. It is didn't that, go that way. could have went that way, What is this though. comparison? <laughs> I don't think the film's racist. It's not racist. Because... It's discriminatory towards Japanese people. No, it's not. The movie, that would make it a racist movie if it was. Yeah, take American History X, for example. Is that a racist movie? Is it pro-racism? It's an anti-racist movie that has to have racists in it. It's not a reasonable comparison. Yeah, it is. Not at all. Like, even remotely. Well, I don't have to convince you. You seem kind of confused. I'm not confused. You're the one that's confused. With what? You're comparing American History X to this. I'm comparing about putting racism in your movie and the message isn't hate. I've already said racism isn't the issue. It's this this is a movie that blatantly is angry at Japanese people and it paints them as the devil and it has them as the you can, I mean, you can disagree. Well, you I can disagree. That's fine. That's fine. I wasn't calling it racist, though. I feel like everybody around him is the one that's being racist and offensive about the fact that this guy's Japanese. It's discriminatory towards Japanese people, <laughs> like a hundred percent. I disagree with you. I mean, you're not convincing me otherwise. Name all the racist things that happen in this movie. None. There are no racist things that happen in this movie. <laughs> okay. But the plot of the film is about a Japanese man. It isn't. Who is the demon who infects an entire village of Korean people with a plague and then is a demon, like the devil, the devil that destroys the Koreans is a Japanese person. I mean, the devil's always going to be a deceiver, correct? And Koreans were 
you know, attacked by the Japanese, and so... Nice try, but the movie's really about a father that's trying to figure out what is happening in his town with his daughter. The protagonist is not the Japanese man. At the surface, but there's not... But there's an underlying message in the movie. (laughs) There's a deeper underlying... Which which is is what? The Japanese are fuckers that came in and polluted our people and well the shaman is villages. korean why is he working destroyed... with them what does that what does that matter it's not it matters there's more to it you have to think about every aspect you can't just pick one thing out of it if you have to theorize things have to add up it's a you're you're looking at the individualized pieces of the film and i'm saying that the film has a larger broader like deeper message in the entire of the film the film itself is a good movie i like this movie this movie is fine everything's fine it's a good movie but if you step back and you pay attention to the deeper message the jap the japanese demon came in and fucked up the koreans that's what the movie's about and it's a culture of people who had the japanese come in and fuck them over and this movie is kind of a very blunt tongue-in-cheek answer of like Oh no, Lexi! You keep saying the same thing over and yeah, over again. It's, it's, it's a simple like answer to. Like, okay. I don't think this has a simple answer. I think that's the beauty of I this think, movie. I think you're missing it, so it's fine. You can't just say the same thing over and over again and say I'm missing it. Because the answer is very broad and basic of what I just said. The film itself is a simple film. The subject that I'm talking about. It's like what Chuck said. If you move the geography to a different place and you make uh, the character a different race, the story is not about the racism against one particular race. It's not about race. That's not the story at all. It's not about race. You keep bringing it up. I don't keep bringing up race. It's about... They're all Asian. There's no racism. (laughs) That's different than what you said. It's like... It's like... It's like the English taking the Irish and imprisoning them and enslaving them and using them to build the railroads in America and using them to whatever and taking them over here and treating them just the way they did slaves. And then a village of Irish people is set up and an American shows up in their village and they're like, fuck this shit. Or like a a, a British person shows up in their village and they are wary of this because the British have spent so long fucking them over because they have a history of this. And so there's an underlined message in this film of a British man showing up and being a demon and infecting them and fucking them over, right? Does that make an easier message? Does that make more sense? I think that changes what you were saying, though, originally. That's what I feel. That's what I believe. It's the same thing. It's just... I used all white people instead of Asians. And it's a theme. I don't think it's the underlying message of the entire movie. All these movies had terribly depressing endings. Except maybe Rosemary's Baby, which I would say have the lightest ending. Why is this movie called The Wailing? That's what I was wondering. I mean, there is a lot of characters wailing. I know Asian, a lot of like Asian cultures have things where there's a lot of things that are plays on words that I don't think... That, that just don't translate to uh, English at all. Like, they bring up the deacon's name means, like, 2-3. Like, those are the mm-hmm. characters that his name would be made of. But, like, n- no one would actually call him, like, 2-3, but he just has those same characters for his name. Because, like, the when the movie starts, 
the, the wailing is translated like I guess like it's like our pronunciation if it was spelled out in English is like Goksung and mm-hmm. the village they live in is like Gokseung. So it's like I don't know if that's supposed to be a play on I don't know if that word's supposed to mean something that just it doesn't it just doesn't specifically translate to the village's Wailington or something. Yeah, I don't I don't know if like a, that just doesn't translate because I noticed that when it, the when the movie started, it had like you know the title card is the Korean character and then it says the Wailing and then underneath it says like that and it's like G O K S U N G and the name of the town is G O K S E U N G so they're they're not spelled exactly the same but they're the same word so again i assume that's like the, it's it's probably just something that plays more in korea like it would make more sense to a korean audience of of oh it's the Wailing and that's and the name of the town is like yeah like you're saying like like is that thing like translate to Wailingville or something like that like is that that's at least how the only thing I could take is the how, that it must mean something. Or the to, words are just so close that it, the town name has nothing to do with whaling. But yeah, I feel like that's something because like yeah, I, like there's no characters that are. I, there's a lot of characters that are, that you could say are whaling. Like everybody, everybody in this movie is screaming at some point at something. Yeah, that kid is straight up whaling in his face constantly. Yeah, he's screaming all the time. I do like, too, the ghost. I think she's the one that puts up the flowers to do some sort of, like, barrier against demon. I'm not really sure how the barrier works because when she's talking to the protagonist, she says that the demon's already there because it's in the little girl. But apparently, like, he needs to be there to break the barrier and he needs to be there to... I don't think that it's like the demon, it's it's like he's possessing the girl, but, like, he, the demon itself, like, needs to go there for something to feed on them. Like the he can possess the the people and make them kill, but then he needs to go there to kill them. And she must give everyone a choice because that that thing that's the plant when the guy walks through it, it like curls up and it turns into like looking like the mushrooms, and it looks like the same thing that's at all the crime scenes. Like he always says, like, yeah, like oh there was like these mushrooms like growing on the thing, and it looks exactly the same. So it's like she must try to do this at every place, and she always tries to tell them like you know. Well, you just need to wait a little longer or something like that. And and obviously nobody does it. Everybody, it seems like everyone does the same thing. She's a total failure. Yeah, she's she's not good at keeping people out. It was nice to see that come back. The minute that that withered, I believed her when she was out there trying to convince him in the sh- in the shadows. I do like the ritual, though. Yeah, you gotta wait for uh, three calls from a rooster. I'm <laughs> like, that seems pretty random. Maybe not, because the rooster making a noise would be alive as opposed to the ones that they sacrificed, so I don't know. Maybe that's the opposite, a live rooster. I also do like the goat in it, the white goat, where he's like about to behead the goat or slice its throat before the protagonist comes out, and he's like, stop, stop doing this. Stop playing the drums. (laughs) We're done. And the goat's just chilling, and it's just like, come on, man, I was about to cut this goat's throat. You're about to spray blood everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm dunking his face in blood and shit. Yeah. That's how you get bloodborne diseases. It's true. Do you want bloodborne diseases? Because that's how you get bloodborne diseases. Did you not wash your hands? I always wash my hands, but I also dunk my face in the blood. Yeah. So that might have been the issue. It's an alternate world where uh, COVID could have started. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is where COVID began, really. <laughs> Everyone is just dunking their faces in blood. I personally find the South Korean movies of the last 10 years to be really fucking good. And I feel like country-wise, foreign films, they're probably making the best movies currently. They just knock it out of the park. Or perhaps that's just what makes it to us, the good ones. They can't all be good. 
Parasite won Best Picture. That's probably the best that a foreign film will ever do here in America. I think it's also on Amazon Prime. Did you guys see Burning at all? No. It's really good, too. It's not exactly this premise. It doesn't have a supernatural premise. It has a, is this person a good person, and their suspicions, and possibly murder. I would definitely say Korean cinema has come a long way, much like their cars. Like, that's not a joke. Like, that's an honest-to-God serious statement. Like, when you look at, like... weird analogy when you look at kia kia started building cars in like 94 the build quality of those cars were terrible and like when you look at a lot of the early korean cinema it's the same way like they had to start somewhere and a lot of their early work was very much like it looked like you know student film or like bootleg you know movies that you'd buy at like a fucking festival or something like that they never look like anything that was ever made like by a studio or something like that and i remember getting into like the early 2000s really getting into like korean horror and a lot of it very much was like shot on dv and it never looked like this like you couldn't imagine like this quality coming out of korea and it's the same with the fucking cars too like Korea never was a country that was like something you took seriously like even right up through the mid 2000s and stuff like people were not taking this country seriously they were the country that made like you always bought Japanese right you always bought you know uh, American you never bought Korean Korean was what you bought when you were like you have no money right it was like the bottom of the barrel and so all the content that came out of that country was the same way too, right up like to their TV shows and whatever. And a lot of it felt like ripoffs of like Japanese content. So they were always trying to like mimic and it always felt like exactly that. A lot of Korean content right up to the same thing with the cars and like the products they were producing, or whatever, it all felt like mimicry. It always felt like just like a knockoff, a cheap, shitty knockoff. And then somewhere in the 2010s, Korea got their shit together and like, they started producing the best cars, the best cell phones, the best fucking movies. And like all of a sudden, like America couldn't stand up to the content that they were producing. And I don't know what happened in the 2010s, but like to the today, Korea is a powerhouse and they're whooping everyone's ass and everything. They're whooping Japan's ass and technology. They're whooping everyone's ass and like car technology they're making the best cars on the road currently and they're making the best movies and like i can't imagine saying that like 10 even 10 years ago like i couldn't imagine saying korea is killing it but here we are and as you said like the movies they've been putting out i can't think of anybody who's been putting out better film in the last like 10 years hands down like anyone their movies are all shot beautifully. They all have the best production value that they possibly can. Their acting is phenomenal. They're bringing in some of the best talent I've ever seen. The stories are, you know, not even necessarily original, but done in original, interesting ways. And it's it's so refreshing to watch Korean cinema. And when you're in that position, like I've been talking about, where I'm having a hard time with movies and struggling to find things, I find myself constantly going to Korean cinema to find new, fresh, invigorating content to watch. And 
so this was great this was a really good movie i was really happy to watch this like it was very long but somehow a two and a half hour movie didn't feel long they managed to like flesh their story out nicely and you know not drag everything out terribly i would say like last 15 minutes i was starting to feel like it's a little long but like i loved this i thought it was great and it was interesting and like it really felt like it borrowed from a bunch of different sources but then became its own original thing in the end eh. it's every right? movie but that's what you want like i don't care that you like are not super original like that's not what i want i just want you to do your own thing with i think it, it's you know? probably more like american movies are all franchises at this right point. it's all comic books and things that have already done really well in the past so for the most part even if you're getting something like train to Busan, that's a zombie movie it's an excellent film i mean though. there is kind so of good. a universe they do a sequel which the sequel's not no, very not good, good so but then compare they don't hit they don't knock them all out of the park peninsula to uh that vegas zombie movie that what's his face put out on netflix like they're very similar they're basically the same film but when you do that comparison the korean film is like leaps and bounds above it in every considerable way like it's a much better film so it's it's like how is Zack snyder not able to produce a better content you know with more money and more accessibility you know because they we definitely have more money to make these movies than they do that's a fra- fact like they're not spending more money on these movies than we are right it's talent so we're a bunch of hacks over here then just dumping money into shit yeah they just want to pay for whoever's the cheapest chuck how did you find this movie uh it was two dollars at big lots was it just the title that pulled you in yeah they get all sorts of uh that's where i get most of my foreign like asian films big lots i don't know they get them from from wherever that's amazing yeah you just gotta look for the stuff i don't go out anymore I, I don't know. go to places. You miss out on deals. Big Lots is kind of awesome. Interesting. That's right. I probably would have watched this thing earlier. Not much earlier, but earlier this year. It kept coming up on Peacock. I think at the time. I ended up watching this on Amazon Prime anyways. But it kept popping up again and again. And I'm like, well, it sounds great. The percentage of what people were rating it was really high. So I was like, I got to check it out. And you were like, well, that's the movie that I want to do. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to hold off. So it's like <laughs> fresh. But I also kind of really do want to watch this movie again because i do feel like there's stuff that i need to see the movie from the perspective of knowing that the japanese man is the devil from the very beginning how that changes things because it probably changes it slightly how did you not know that (laughs) that he wasn't the devil from the beginning i thought it was made obvious it's a man fishing what are you talking about i mean that i get but like i knew he was going to be a problem right off the bat I mean, even when they showed him, like, eating the deer, I thought that that guy was, like, kind of, like, hallucinating a little bit. Especially when that you have that scene of the protagonist that sees the old man and he chases him. Seems to wake up as if it's a nightmare. But that woman ends up saying that that wasn't a nightmare, that that happened. It plays with you a little bit that way, where I thought whatever the demonic thing is... The only reason I knew that there was something demonic was because that was our theme, and Chuck picked this movie. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have probably thought it was a zombie movie. Yeah, I kept, I kept trying to find the demon in it, too. I was like, where's the demon in this? Demons are popping up somewhere, and I thought maybe things were happening to families at a, any given point. So that's why I kind of thought at first it was the woman in white, 
she seemed trustworthy. Well, and so I thought it was misdirection again. I thought she was setting up all I think the people. box art is misdirection, too. Because if I'm not mistaken, doesn't it have, like, a zombie horde essentially digging at, like, the front of a building? I mean, not on my cover. Because I thought that's what the... The cover I saw was gay shrine. Yeah, it does... Yeah, I thought there was like a bunch of people like pawing at the shrine on the cover. Maybe I'm wrong about that because I was like, I thought this was going to be like an infected like, like I said, once again, I thought I was getting like more like the beyond. I mean, you did have hospital scenes where they're like, something's going on with that guy. And he's snapping his neck and puking blood. Well, not puking blood, but I guess coming out of his nose. There was definitely some Argento influence on this. They could have a sequel where they dive into what's going on with these people, but I kind of like not knowing. I prefer not to know what's happening. I think it makes it better. We, we haven't gotten to The Exorcist yet, but which one of these films... When will we get to The Exorcist? Yeah, I don't think we're talking about that anymore. That's fair. Yeah, not this season, because this is the last episode of season two. Which, which film do you think had the most depressing ending this, this year? This? Oh, the whole year? Well, no, of, of the oh, three that we covered year. for Halloween. Chuck's did. Chuck's did have pretty much the most brutal ending, I'd agree with you. I felt bad for Rosemary. It's rougher to see it happen to a full family and a, a kid and everything. I mean, the, the family in my movie all died. Yeah, but they were idiots. <laughs> yeah, they were dumb. <laughs> they deserved it. They were asking for it. I, I did care more that Chuck's family died. I like that shot too where they're in the kitchen and the dad is out at the uh, is talking to the ghost there's just that shot of them looking at the little girl and she, she like eyeballs the knife that's drying in the dish rack D the dad doesn't die am I correct in that he just sits there mumbling at the end I think he has to die isn't the only survivor from everything the person yeah. that killed everyone so I think the little girl's the only one that's gonna live Cause he was like muttering stuff when she walked by yeah they were not completely did i think when the shaman was taking pictures of them like the mom and yeah stuff, yeah the shaman that's who it was was she dying or was she dead at that moment i can't remember i feel like he was probably like finishing off their souls or something. i don't know it's mortal combat <laughs> you bled me dry i am completely done Oh, good. All I'm going to say is this is the end of season two and we'll be back in two weeks on Halloween with the beginning of season three. We're going to be doing The Exorcist and it all ties into this theme that we ended up doing this month. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. We are Cinema de More. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.